we're all souls having a human experience. That experience is a journey, and each journey is unique. It's through our experiences that we come together and unite. Join soul-led author, podcaster, Reiki practitioner, healer, teacher, and sheepreneur, Kristen Aurelia, as she shares insights, wisdom, and knowledge with listeners. This show is dedicated to understanding the complex layers of human behavior. Each episode will continue to illuminate pathways and spark soulful journeys. After all, we are all children of God, one collective consciousness trying to survive the human experience. Hello, and welcome to the Surviving the Human Experience podcast. My name is Kristen Aurelia, and I will be your host. If you're coming back to us to listen for some more good SheWise information, welcome back. If this is your first time, I am humbled and blessed that you have chosen to be part of the SheWise family, and I'm thrilled to be part of your journey. I've dedicated most of my life to studying, observing, and understanding the many complex layers of human behavior. This channel is a uniquely created space for exploration of topics and all things human experience related. So we cover a variety of topics such as health and wellness, self-discovery, personal growth, healing, life experiences, and so much more. So on to the disclaimer. This podcast is presented solely for educational and entertainment purposes. I am a fellow human being having a human experience and sharing information and findings along my journey. The views and insights shared by myself and guests on the show are the soul, thoughts, feelings, opinions, and experiences of those expressing them. You are encouraged to research guests on the show to learn more about their credentials and philosophies as part of your understanding of viewpoints expressed. I am not a licensed therapist, and this podcast is not intended as a substitute for the advice of a physician, professional coach, psychotherapist, or other qualified professional. So without further ado, let's hop into this week's topic. So if you were uh, able to join in the last few weeks, we have been talking about my recently released book, Caring for Your Human, You Only Get One Body, and Caring for Your Human, You Only Get One Body, Practical Tools and Techniques Workbook that were both released on January 30th. And in my very first episode in the areas we've covered, we talked about caring for your human. Then we walked through caring for your mind. Then we walked through caring for your body. And today we are finishing up these segments with caring for the spirit. So let's jump right in. First, let's start with sharing that your spirit loves you. The spirit's a very important part of your human. The most obvious areas that we tend to focus on are the mind and body because we can you know, we, we talk about them all the time and the body you can physically see, but the spirit is overlooked, but just because you don't see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist or require your attention. So I want to share with you a piece that I started off with in this chapter. Um, just want to read it really quickly to you. So depending on a person's spiritual or religious beliefs, there are a variety of methodologies behind caring for the spirit. The most important thing to focus on here is not the choice of words when it comes to referencing your beliefs, but to recognize and address the fact that every human being has a spirit, a soul, a depth and dimension to their being that goes beyond the physical. Your human structure serves to protect and preserve it in the human capacity. 
So I am going to go into the different things I've learned along my journey and the strategies and techniques that I've used to care for my spirit. Um, some of them may overlap. Some of the recommendations and some of the information I shared about caring for your mind and body. But it's really cool when you see central themes because that means you can address all parts of you with those central themes. So first and foremost, I want to start off by sharing that making God a priority is super important, right? Creating that space because that connection between your spirit and your higher being that you connect with. In my case, I, I have God as my priority. Um, that will allow you to remain in a space where you can receive messages, you've got grounding, um, you've got communication. So each human being has been placed here to perform a mission. As such, the saying goes, many are called, but few are chosen. So choosing to foster your relationship with God is an excellent way to start off by caring for your spirit. During this process, you're going to begin to build the bond and nurture one of the most personal relationships you will have the opportunity to experience in your lifetime. While you're here on earth, you're going to find that humans come and go from your life. But the one thing that's going to remain constant that you will always have God in yourself. So for this reason, I believe it's extremely important to prioritize this relationship. So whatever that looks like to you, I recommend you create a bond. You go outside of the traditional, you know, prayers every day or whatever you've been taught may not necessarily be what you carry forward. You may choose to modify your um, connection or modify your rituals or practices and how you connect. So whatever that looks like for you, because it's highly personal, I'm going to kind of leave that in that space and allow you to kind of process that and think about what that should look like for you. Nourishing your relationship with God is really important. It requires effort and attention. Just like it's a two-way street, right? So if you were having a relationship with a person, you would, physical person, you would be working towards that relationship. You'd be putting effort in. You'd be having conversations. So same thing. Find ways to incorporate God into your life, whether it be through prayer, conversations, sharing messages with others, spreading God's love to fellow human beings. This is where it all begins and continues to grow over time. So it's kind of interesting because when I was growing up, I really didn't think of prayer as a two-way street. I felt like, and I don't know if it's just because of the way I was um, taught growing up or what was going on, or maybe I just missed the concept. I'm not sure. But I always, you know, said my prayers. I went to church. I did all of the things that I thought I was supposed to be doing. But it wasn't until I went through my very spiritual space in the last couple of years that I realized it's really a two-way conversation. So no longer did I just have to get on my hands and knees at night, pray and ask for things or apologize for things or whatever the case might be. But learning that you can have meaningful conversations, there's two ways. And if you're quiet and you listen, you can get responses. That was the biggest aha moment for me. During that time, I began to meditate. My favorite thing, I share that all the time about the meditation. So if you haven't done it already, please start meditating. Um, I began to meditate, connect, receive signs and messages that were coming all around me. And from that point forward, my relationships reached a new level. And I was finally able to participate in an exchange versus a one-way communication. That was really pivotal for me, especially in my faith and with my relationship with God. So choosing to broaden your experience and interpretation 
definition of communication is a great place to start if this is a newer concept for you. I do recognize that a lot of our listeners here um, are in that space already or maybe um, have been in that space for quite some time. But if you're newer to it, I just... I just ask that you be open to receiving and you're going to be amazed at the difference that it's going to make in your life and your experience here on earth as you continue to grow and nurture that relationship. Identifying your mission. So I think this is also a really important part about caring for your spirit. I think we're all here for a reason and unfortunately some people will go through life and never explore that reason and then some will and so asking the questions of what is your mission what is your purpose what is your why those are really important questions are three very important questions that i think at some point most of us do ask in our lifetime but going through and exploring them from a spiritual perspective is going to help you connect with your purpose right so each of us have been placed on the earth for a reason Many find that purpose, like I mentioned, during their time on earth, but so many will go through life on autopilot, oblivious to it, never really explore what their true mission was. So taking the time to really dig deep to figure out what your role is in this big world is part of your spiritual journey. That requires you to put aside the ego, and I'm not talking about the, oh, I'm so super amazing ego, your, your ego. You need to put that aside and you need to ask the tough questions and sit and meditate and think on them. Ask God what your mission is and wait for the answer. Journal and ask questions about your purpose. Explore that because when you start writing and really kind of working through some of your thoughts and feelings, you'll start to see some answers come through oftentimes. Inventory what you're good at. What is it that's always popped up in your life that really sticks out that other people point out that you're really good at or that you've just found that you naturally gravitate to? What are some themes that continue to surface in your life? For me, it, it's always been kind of interesting. I've always found myself having people drawn to me, sharing their challenges or troubles or things that are bothering them. And I've ended up being a listening ear, but it's interesting because as I, I see that type of situation play out, I also am able to feel um, responses or things that come to my mind that I otherwise really wouldn't have thought about. But it's very interesting how I've become a person that a lot of people come to and share their feelings. And for some reason, through divine guidance, some answers come to me. Some I have to think about and get back to people. But again, just look at what happens naturally for you. Where are your natural talents? And what do you have a passion for? Incorporate your passion because a lot of times your gifts are intertwined with your passion and you don't realize it because you haven't thought of them as gifts yet. You're just thinking, oh, I really like doing this, whatever that might be. So your spirit does require self-care. So establishing a routine for your spiritual self-care is definitely going to strengthen your relationship with God and create an opportunity to further advance your divine experiences. This all begins with honoring the human signals that are sent to you. So if you find yourself in places or spaces that cause inner turmoil or conflict, listen to that feeling. If you feel uncomfortable, if something doesn't feel right, pay attention to it. You don't have to be friends with everybody you meet. You don't have to enjoy every experience you encounter. There are some that are put in front of us to experience certain things, but also to um, allow you to see what your boundaries and what your limits are. So 
if something's going on that doesn't feel right, honor it, listen to it. Your spirit's trying to talk to you. Oftentimes we try to downplay things or say, oh my gosh, I must be, you know, just making that up or whatever the case might be. But it's really your spirit trying to communicate and we don't listen because we just think we're overthinking things. So if you're sad, cry. If you're happy, laugh. Don't deny yourself the pleasures of being human, but also honor what your spirit shares with you. So it's a nice dance that you're doing, right? You've got to kind of weave through each experience and figure out what works best for you. Um, another area to consider when caring for your spirit is who you choose to allow in your sacred spaces, your sacred energy, honoring certain parts of you that are the utmost of intimate spaces into your soul should be carefully considered. Different encounters and experiences can have a profound effect on your spirit. So being selective in who you introduce into your energies is super duper important. So some examples that I came up with along my journey for self-care for the spirit included conversations with angels, conversations with God, conversation with your spirit guide, honoring your intuition, meditation, favorite. If you haven't picked up on it already, everybody should be meditating, um, prayer, protecting your energy, reflections and rest, right? You can't go hundred miles an hour all the time. Your spirit needs time to rest just like your body. So let's hop into prayer. Prayer is another form of spiritual self-care. Again, I mentioned I could recall as a child just being perplexed, right? Because for prayer, for me, it was a one-way conversation. I did all the talking, confessing, asking. I didn't realize it was meant to be a two-way conversation. Um, I did not know how to have a two-way conversation in prayer because it wasn't really taught that way. I knew how to say my prayers. We were taught prayers that you repeated over and over again. And I thought that was all part of the process. So it was not so much of a conversation, but later on in life, like I said, I was able to break the mold on that. And so tips for assisting with a powerful prayer experience that I found were asking you shall receive. Literally ask, ask questions. That seems so crazy to me. I'm like, wait, I can ask God for things? Okay, and he'll deliver these things. It was a different concept for me. I'm just going to be honest. Ask for guidance. Believe. Believing is the biggest thing. So I think a lot of times when people pray, and I know this is somewhat of a generalization, so it's not going to apply to all. If it doesn't apply to you, please disregard. But we ask certain things or we say certain things or we have this whole conversation, but there's this like wavering of fear that it won't happen. So we say we believe, yes, I'm a believer, but then you go and you ask for something, but you ask with the shaky voice or the uncertainty or the, will it really happen? So doing that kind of contradicts what you're doing, right? That doesn't really demonstrate belief. So making sure you believe, I think is a very, very, very valid point to consider when you're engaging in prayer, creating a designated prayer time. So it's a sacred space and time that you've carved out as part of your day or whatever space you're setting aside. So maybe it's a few times a week, whatever works with your schedule and the relationship you're developing. 
but prioritizing that prayer time and then creating a designated prayer space or area to have those conversations. So making sure you have your sacred space and sacred time sets you up for success. Just like when you are choosing to engage in a exercise routine, for example, you know, some people will say I have in the every single day at 4 p.m. I'm going to the gym, I'm doing weights, I'm doing cardio, whatever the case might be. And then from this hour to this hour, I'm working and I've got to be at the kids game or I've got to pick up my significant other, whatever the situation is that you have going on in your life. We tend to create schedules. So why are we not scheduling in time for our care for our spirit. So something to consider. I just wanted to put that out there because a lot of times I think we brush past certain things. This is a very important one. Getting comfortable, opening your mind and allowing the conversation to flow, recognizing that maybe it's going to take a few times before you feel comfortable, because if this is a new routine for you, then it might take a little bit of a little bit of time and that's okay. Have faith that what's meant to be will be Things will unfold as they're supposed to. You don't have to force it. It will happen. Remaining open to receive the messages and guidance. Sometimes you might be surprised. You may not expect a certain answer. You may not expect a certain response, but remain open and receive that message. And if you have to, ponder that message for some time so you can understand the true purpose behind the message. Another topic I wanted to cover is intuition. So intuition is a real thing. It's your guide. And if you quiet yourself long enough and listen closely, you will sense it. We all have this innate ability to feel and know things, even in the absence of evidence. That is hard for people who are evidence driven, especially in a space where you're looking for scientific research or backing, or you want that study, or you want to be able to pinpoint that so-and-so said this on such and such time, and therefore I have the hard facts to support what's happening. Intuition doesn't work like that. It's a feeling that you just know. You don't understand or know why you know. You just do. It's that feeling that's in the pit of your stomach that lets you know when you're spot on or when something's not quite right. It's your spirit sending messages to you. And we often get confused when we feel these feelings and then we dismiss them. We think we're crazy or we can't possibly be thinking what we're thinking, but we tend to dismiss so much faster than we absolutely should. But the irony is that we should actually take a moment to pause and listen to that feeling because the stiller we get, the easier it is to listen to your inner guide and your intuition. If that means silencing all the noise around you and trusting yourself, trusting your gut, trusting your instincts, then do it. So honor your intuition as it's never going to steer you wrong. So there's been so many instances where I have chosen not to listen to my intuition and it has gotten me in trouble every single time. And I dismissed certain things. Some call them red flags. Some call them, um, bumps in the road that are letting you know that you shouldn't do something or that you're going the wrong direction. But every single time that I've chosen not to listen to that gut feeling or that weird feeling in the pit of my stomach, it's not ever turned out well. So I would just challenge you to sit down and think about a few times where you felt like something wasn't quite right. Maybe it was a circumstance where you were out somewhere, or maybe it was an interaction with a certain person or whatever the case might be, but something felt off. What did you do? How did you feel? What did that look like? What was the end result? 
So if you're not quite sure if it's intuition or your mind just running away with you, start taking note of it. Journal it out. Look and see what the trends are. What are the results when you don't listen to that feeling? Figure out what that feeling feels like for you. For some people, it's a pit of the stomach. For some people, you might start sweating. For some people, you might start feeling super nervous. You may um, just get this weird feeling in your body. Whatever that signal is, figure out what that signal is and start paying attention. I recently, and it was interesting, a couple times now, I'd go to get in the car and I'd be ready to drive somewhere. And something would tell me, don't take that route. Just don't take that route. So I'm like, okay, I'm not going to take that route. So I take a different route to where I was going. And there have been quite a few times that, and this has played out a few times now, I'm so glad I didn't take that route. Because then you see on the news that there was an accident right at that spot where I'd get the, um, I have a, an app notification for the neighborhood and it would let you know if something had happened in the neighborhood. And there were several times where I was really thankful I didn't go in the direction I wanted to go because I actually listened to the feeling that was in the pit of my stomach. So being aware of that feeling and again, just honoring it, it's there for a reason. Your higher self is trying to talk to you. So just listen. I mean, you don't even have to go anywhere. Nobody's calling you on the phone. There's no interruption. You're just feeling it. So feel that feeling and act upon it. Spending time in nature. Spending time in nature is another awesome thing to do to care for your spirit. So spending time in nature is going to allow the mind, body, and spirit to make connections that you might otherwise miss during your normal daily hustle and bustle. So that's kind of cool because it's like a three-in-one situation right there. You got the mind, body, and spirit covered. You're caring for all three at once. So I am all about maximizing time, getting the best bang for that buck. So this one right here just like meditation, covers all three. So this is super cool. But taking the time to connect with nature's beauty and elements will allow for that calming experience. And when you're able to quiet the noise and connect with the beauty that surrounds you, you can appreciate all that's in your presence. So some examples of spending time in nature uh, for me that I incorporated along my journey, boating, canoeing, sailing, being out on the water. The water has such restorative properties and it just allows you to disconnect from the daily chaos and craziness and really just sit and reflect. It's a great time to sit with yourself. Connecting with trees and their energy, it's amazing once you understand energy, how you can feel the energy coming from different things, plants, trees, etc. Gardening, it's allowing you to get your hands in that soil, get that connection. It has a great grounding effect. Hiking and getting to see different sights and the fresh air and the sunshine, or in some cases, this time of year it's really cold, so maybe it's a hike in the snow, but you're getting to be out in those elements and see wildlife and all kinds of good stuff. Laying on the ground to get close to the earth is another great way to ground yourself. Sitting on the beach and watching the waves, soaking up sun. Sun has so many restorative properties as well. Spending time under the moon, swimming in the ocean, walking barefoot, touching the earth's soil, connecting to mother nature watching and listening to the birds. Um, that's another beautiful way to connect. I mean, if you've looked into uh, different types of birds, there's different connections that come through and spirits and signs and all kinds of good stuff. So it's really beautiful to sit and watch wildlife and birds. Absolutely love doing that. Another way to care for your spirit is through animals. So for my animal lovers, I know you already know this. For my not so much animal lovers, you're probably like, oh, not the animals. 
But it's been long known that a deep level of love and connection can exist between animals and humans. So for this reason, maybe you've chosen to have pets as part of your family unit, or maybe you've chosen to go to like a local horse shelter or to a farm to interact with the animals or volunteer. It doesn't matter which way you communicate with animals. It may be out watching the wildlife. But many hospitals and nursing homes bring pets in to provide support, comfort, and encouragement to patients along their healing journey. So there is evidence that suggests nowadays there's also um, huge movements in the space of emotional support animals. And it's because there is a connection there. There's a calming effect. I mean, my goodness, there's so many reasons why pets have become such a uh, such a good connection for mind, body, and soul. But I just wanted to share that even though they may not speak English like humans, they do have energy and you feel that energy and the translation of that energy. So if you already have pets, you know what I'm talking about, loving on your cats, your dogs, some people have, you know, hamsters, whatever your pet of choice is. I'm a I'm a dog person myself, so um, I feel like I really have that connection with my pet. And so again, I just urge you, if you haven't already experienced being around animals, again, don't have to have a pet. You can literally go and you can go to a farm or you can go to a horse farm and work. Horses are amazing to work with as well. Um, so look into that. Just a consideration. We're going to go for a short break and we will be back in a second. Light up your world and discover the key to surviving the human experience with Kristen Aurelia. Navigating through life can be a monumental task. Listen each Tuesday at 11 a.m. and 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 radio network for all things to help you navigate your journey here on Earth. Help, healing, light, and wisdom for all. Join Kristen on a magic carpet ride and discover the secrets to surviving the human experience and become She-Wise. In Kristen Aurelia's latest book, Recreation, Surviving the Human Experience, she shares a journey of a woman who embarks on a mission to heal the physical and emotional damage, as well as the trauma that has plagued her for the better part of her life. She shares her story in the hope that others will begin their journey to find their personal truth, move closer to the light, discover, and live out their intended purpose here on Earth. Recreation, Surviving the Human Experience is available for purchase on Amazon, Audible, iTunes, and SheWisePublications.com. Calling all authors. Have you been considering an audiobook? Well, look no further. Come take advantage of DreamVision 7 Radio Network's unique in-house audiobook production, which includes benefits and bonuses from our radio station. Let our knowledgeable staff guide you to create the audiobook you've always dreamed of without breaking the bank. Check out our full one-stop service from A to Z, including the ACX process. Schedule a free consultation by calling 508-226-1723. That's 508-226-1723. Or go to DreamVision7Radio.com. SheWise is your gateway to sparking soulful journeys and illuminating pathways in spiritual, healing, and self-help realms. 
SheWise Publications stands as a beacon for those seeking to share their voice. Beyond the pages in print, the heart of SheWise Publications beats with a passion for helping others connect to their healing journey. Together, let's navigate the complexities of the human experience and discover the threads that bind us all and become SheWise. For the full journey, visit SheWisePublications.com and SheWiseApparel.com. Journey to the Awakening takes you on a journey through many revelations of a child growing up in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, uncovering what really happened behind the white picket fence and how this continues to plague future generations. The book reveals, in a very riveting way, the details of multiple past generation secrets. Learning to walk through and not attach to the past will help guide the reader to beginning their own journey. Available for purchase on Amazon, Audible, and iTunes. For more information about Denise Clare's works and upcoming book signing events, visit SheWisePublications.com. When we arrive on this earth, our soul is housed in a body. That body needs to be nurtured with love and care. In Kristen Aurelia's latest books, Caring for Your Human, You Only Get One Body, and Practical Tools and Techniques Workbook, she explores ways to care for your mind, body, and spirit. She shares her wisdom gained along her journey in hopes to assist others in proactively caring for their human. Because after all, we only get one body, and it's meant to last a lifetime. Caring for your human, you only get one body. And Caring for your human, you only get one body practical tools and techniques workbook are available for purchase on Amazon and SheWisePublications.com. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax and enjoy. Let life flow. Welcome back. So my favorite topic is up next, meditation talked about it in the last few episodes, but meditation is another strategy that allows for the opportunity to connect with your higher self, creating space for spirit self-care. It also aids in stress reduction. It allows you to cleanse your mind. And as mentioned earlier, it serves as a strategy for caring for mind, body, and spirit. You can do the guided or self meditations. I mentioned that before, but the inner child meditation was one that I actually really enjoyed. And that one allows the current version of you and the younger version of you to connect, which can result in effective healing techniques and strategies. It also can activate the parasympathetic nervous system, allowing the mind to relax and go into a state of healing and rest. Often there's a lot of, um, buried challenges, traumas. Sometimes we've disassociated or disconnected ourselves because we've had such difficult backgrounds. For some, that may not be the case, but it does allow you when you go into those inner child meditations to reconnect with your younger self. And that's going to aid in that healing process that helps us um, work on some of the traumas that may be generational. Also, it gives you an opportunity to reparent your inner child. So some examples of types of meditations you can do 
include awareness or mindfulness, the guided meditations I talked about, self-guided meditation, self-questioning, self-reflection. Some pointers from the beginning of a meditation journey, if you're new to it, and this is some, some of the things I implemented along my way, were to identify a space and a place for meditation that's calm, quiet, and peaceful. You want to be away from anything that could disturb you so that you can be fully present and work your way into the experience. So uh, if you know the kids are going to come home from school or you got the dog coming over and barking, you may choose to just find a different space in your home or wherever you may choose to do your meditation, you may choose to do it outside in nature, wherever it is, you just want to set yourself up so that you can really get into the experience and not be interrupted if possible. Set aside a specific amount of time for meditation. So depending on what you're doing, uh, for example, when I do my um, guided meditations, I look to see how long that is. I make sure I've got enough time for that particular meditation wherever I'm placing it in my day so that I won't be interrupted or so I don't feel rushed because there's nothing worse than trying to get into a meditative state, but then in the back of your mind thinking, I've got to get the kids in 10 minutes or I've got to pick up uh, dinner or I've got to get to work or whatever the case might be. So make sure you've carved out enough time to allow you to be relaxed. Pick a place where you're not going to be interrupted. We talked about that. Silence your cell phone ringer. If you got your phone on you, silence it. Maybe put it on DND. And again, try to minimize as many distractions in your environment as possible. Select a position that feels comfortable for you. A lot of times you'll see people are meditating sitting up. I don't know what it is with me. I can't meditate sitting up to save my life. I have to lay down. Now, the catch-all on that one is sometimes I just fall asleep because if I'm that tired and I get too relaxed, I just pass out. But um, you have to pick what feels comfortable for you. But sitting in that lotus position, perfectly fine. Lying down, perfectly fine. You just pick whatever feels comfortable and go with it. And then establish a meditative routine. So I created my own routine. I have found that meditating when I wake up helps me get my energy level up in the morning, gets me in the right frame of mind to deal with whatever might happen throughout the day. And then meditating before bed allows me to release, relax, and sleep well. So again, you pick what works for you. If I'm having a really chaotic day, I might stop and do a midday meditation. But either way, again, you do what works for you. You find what's comfortable. You may use a combination of, say in the morning, you know, you wake up rested and restored, you might want to do your own guided meditation. Or you might want to pop on, you know, something from YouTube. But then later in the day, you don't need a guided meditation. Maybe you have your own, or maybe you're doing the inner child, whatever's comfortable. The main goal is to try to incorporate meditation for your spiritual self-care. I also talk about energy and I talk about energy. It was addressed in a little bit in caring for your body. I didn't get to go too much in detail because I can only cover so much in the hour of the podcast, but energy is not physical in the sense that you can see it, but it is moving throughout you. You can feel it. So for this reason, it does have an impact on your spirit. So ensuring your energy is moving freely and that you're not experiencing blockages will allow you to receive messages from God, your spirit guide angels, ancestors, whomever you identify with. And for this reason, it's important to practice good energy hygiene at all times. So addressing the blockages or stagnant energy through the use of cleansing, 
maybe energy work if you're open to it, meditation, mindfulness, and other tools and techniques that um, I've shared along the way in the last few episodes. But finding the energy practice or routine that's going to serve you best is extremely personal. It's a personal process. It just is. But it's one that should be considered as part of your spiritual wellness ritual. So for me, I personally um, have enjoyed doing Reiki. Reiki has been really good for me. And then also I enjoy breath work. Those are two things that really are part of um, my routine and part of my, that's my jam. I just, I just love it. So I do breath work um, quite a bit. And then Reiki, I do almost daily because I can do self-Reiki. And so I do that because it helps make sure I'm, I'm making sure the energy is flowing properly at all times. You can go and do energy clearing and then something happens in the outside world and now you've experienced something. It doesn't even have to be like a big trauma like most people always think of, oh my goodness, was it a big episode? No, it could be just daily stress that happens and it just kind of sits in your body and you just need to move it around. So keeping everything clear helps to open your whole mindset and, um, and make sure your spirit is able to be comfortable. Breath work, also I just talked about that a little bit. Again, that was really important for me, especially because it pushes a lot of energy out for me and I'm allowed to get into um, a different headspace when I do breath work. So that has really been a game changer for me. We talked about Reiki already. Uh, we are going to take a really quick break and we'll be back in just a moment. Journey to the Awakening takes you on a journey through many revelations of a child growing up in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, uncovering what really happened behind the white picket fence and how this continues to plague future generations. The book reveals, in a very riveting way, the details of multiple past generation secrets. Learning to walk through and not attach to the past will help guide the reader to beginning their own journey. Available for purchase on Amazon, Audible, and iTunes. For more information about Denise Clare's works and upcoming book signing events, visit SheWisePublications.com. Are you searching for a way to help create global change? Dream Vision 7 Radio Network's vision is to have an eclectic group of radio hosts dedicated to educating, enlightening, and helping humankind with positive messages and tools that enhance lives using different modalities and programs. If you would like to join our team and help illuminate the universe, call Deborah at 508-226-1723 or Deborah at dreamvision7radio.com. SheWise is your gateway to sparking soulful journeys and illuminating pathways in spiritual, healing, and self-help realms. SheWise Publications stands as a beacon for those seeking to share their voice. Beyond the pages in print, the heart of SheWise Publications beats with a passion for helping others connect to their healing journey. Together, let's navigate the complexities of the human experience and discover the threads that bind us all and become SheWise. For the full journey, visit SheWisePublications.com and SheWiseApparel.com. 
Light up your world and discover the key to surviving the human experience with Kristen Aurelia. Navigating through life can be a monumental task. Listen each Tuesday at 11 a.m. and 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network for all things to help you navigate your journey here on Earth. Help, healing, light, and wisdom for all. Join Kristen on a magic carpet ride and discover the secrets to surviving the human experience and become she-wise. In Kristen Aurelia's latest book, Recreation, Surviving the Human Experience, she shares a journey of a woman who embarks on a mission to heal the physical and emotional damage, as well as the trauma that has plagued her for the better part of her life. She shares her story in the hope that others will begin their journey to find their personal truth, move closer to the light, discover, and live out their intended purpose here on Earth. Recreation, Surviving the Human Experience is available for purchase on Amazon, Audible, iTunes, and SheWisePublications.com. When we arrive on this Earth, our soul is housed in a body. That body needs to be nurtured with love and care. In Kristen Aurelia's latest books, Caring for Your Human, You Only Get One Body, and Practical Tools and Techniques Workbook, she explores ways to care for your mind, body, and spirit. She shares her wisdom gained along her journey in hopes to assist others in proactively caring for their human. Because after all, we only get one body, and it's meant to last a lifetime. Caring for your human, you only get one body. And Caring for your human, you only get one body practical tools and techniques workbook are available for purchase on Amazon and SheWisePublications.com. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax and enjoy. Let life flow. So up next, I've got a few more, and um, I always tend to run so long-winded, so I'm sorry. There's so much I want to cover, but I've got a few more minutes, and then we'll wrap it up. So spiritual retreats are another great way to care for your spirit. Spiritual retreats are going to offer you the opportunity for a group or individuals to come together to collectively perform spiritual work in an environment where day-to-day distractions are removed. That's the biggest thing. You're also um, coming together to solely focus on healing on the spiritual level. And each retreat is going to be slightly different depending on what type of retreat you choose to do. But some common themes include being present, elements of nature, guides to walk through the exercises and sessions, and a supportive nurturing environment. And retreats typically differ from individual work you're given because the experience is immersive and it's a different type of setting. So you're given the opportunity to network and connect with others who are going to share common interests, which are kind of cool. So depending on where you are and what type of retreat you're looking at, It can be hard sometimes to find your tribe, right? So as you're going through a spiritual space, 
perhaps some of the folks that were in your life before or some you're meeting now may not quite understand what you're doing and might think it's a little different. So being around people who share that common interest creates a much more supportive, loving environment. And then everybody's doing self-care for the spirit together, which is super cool. Some considerations that I looked into when I was selecting my spiritual retreat experiences, um, follow any pre-retreat preparation instructions. A lot of times you'll get some pre-work to do to prepare for certain things. So making sure that you are doing those things and getting in the right headspace for that. Um, identifying the type of experience you're looking for. So being intentional about what you're seeking at that point in your life and what you're planning to do with whatever that retreat is that you're on. Preparing and packing accordingly. Make sure you're comfortable. Make sure you have the things that you want with you. Any, you know, comforts that you'd like to take with you, being ready with whatever clothing or um, whatever items that might support you while you're on your retreat. So that when you get there, you're not stressed out because you forgot something, you can kind of just ease into it and roll with the flow. Research the retreat, the guides and the leaders. Be familiar with who you're going to see and what you're going to be doing there. Perhaps you're going to a retreat that, you know, has a combination of a nutrition component, a um, exercise component. Perhaps you've got yoga. Perhaps you've got Reiki. Perhaps you've got identifying your purpose. There could be coaches and guides. You could have a whole bunch of different things depending on what you look for. So just be familiar with who the people are and the philosophies they have so that you're not surprised. And then select a location. Select your location that works for you. That's really important too. Like if it's, you know, going to be something local, do you want to be in the mountains? Do you want to be at a beach? Do you want to be in another country? What kind of atmosphere do you want for that spiritual retreat? And then kind of work your way into it and try different ones. It doesn't have to be the same thing all the time. Perhaps maybe you do an annual retreat or you do one every six months or every two years, whatever that looks like for you, but consider incorporating a spiritual retreat into your process. Shadow work. Shadow work is another form of self-care for the spirit. Shadow work is a very useful technique. It can be used to uncover parts of us that may be hidden or have gone unaddressed. This process is going to delve more into the subconscious areas of our being so that that might bring out some things that were repressed. It's going to allow you to work with and explore areas that you had unresolved or repressed, excuse me, repressed feelings, traumas, or wounds. When you do that work and you uncover some of that, then you can begin to heal. Now you can, now you can work with your spirit and you can work on what you're here to learn, what you're here to do, how you're going to grow. So some examples of shadow work include discovering hidden parts of oneself, examining your limiting beliefs, exploring those repressed memories, observing and exploring unhealthy behaviors and identifying root causes and unpacking past traumas. What I am going to say though about shadow work is because shadow work can bring up old wounds or resurface old triggers, it's important to consider seeking professional support to ensure you have the proper outlets to support you throughout the process should you need it. Okay, I don't want anybody just going out saying, oh, I read about shadow work. I want to go try it. You can. I mean, it's your preference as to how you do things, but I do um, always like to say that there is that disclaimer 
that you may want to seek professional help as you go through that process if you're finding that it's too heavy or you're not sure how to handle certain feelings or the things that come up as you go through that because things like dark night of the soul if you're not familiar with that it's a real thing you're really going deep into some spaces that you literally may uncover things that you didn't know existed and when you do that it can get dark so i just caution everybody when you're doing shadow work that it's sometimes not a pleasant experience. I sure as heck did not have a good time. However, came through the other side. And if you can make it through that dark night of the soul and come out that other side, the light shines bright and you can work through the issues or challenges or whatever comes up. You just have to have the tips, tools, strategies, and if necessary, people in place to support you during that time. Exercising forgiveness is also really important. I think we get caught up in exercising forgiveness for the other person and we sometimes don't realize or recognize at least I didn't understand it this way it took me a while to figure this out that the forgiveness is actually for you it's more often than not the person that you may be holding a grudge against or feeling wronged by that's already moved on they're not even thinking about what happened because they've already moved past that but you are rethinking you're the one that's playing the story over and over and over again. So the forgiveness is about you, not about the other person. A lot of times we miss that. So some of the tools and techniques that were useful along my journey in helping with the forgiveness process, the burn letter, bless and release, and pattern interruption. So with burn letters, there's a lot of information out there about burn letters. But basically you're writing the letter to the other person. It's better to write it than type it. Again, I'm a typer, so it took me a while to get used to writing all this stuff because I'm like, oh, my hand is cramping. It's taking me forever. I had a lot to write and a lot to say. But at the conclusion of writing the letter, you would burn it. You don't have to send it to the person. When you're burning it, it's symbolizing the conclusion of getting your thoughts and feelings out and being done with that matter. So you can say what you need to say without possibly judgment reprisal, frustration, irritation, whatever the case might be, whatever you might receive for having those feelings, you just wash your hands of it and you're done and you burn it and it's over and you feel so much better. It's like a weight feels like it's been lifted off of you for bless and release. Once you've realized your time and experience with a particular person or group of people has concluded, it might be necessary to do a bless and release practice. This is going to allow you to release the person who has wronged you or maybe not wronged you. Maybe it was just time to move forward. And the goal is to move forward and not allow yourself to become stuck in your past or past experiences. So at that point, you're thanking for the blessing of the person or people or experience you had at that point in time in your life. And now you're releasing it because that has served its purpose. And now it's time to move on. Pattern interruption, that's one I've used a lot actually. When you find yourself falling back into ruminating thoughts or frustrating times and you feel like you just keep going there and you're like, why do I keep going there? All you have to do is put something else in its place. Think a different thought. Walk in a different direction. Um, change the environment you're in. Change the scenery. As soon as you do that, you can reset your brain refocus. And again, it's about caring for your spirit because going into those deep, dark places is not going to help you. So the other key aspect of forgiveness is forgiving yourself. Most often we always think we're saying sorry to the other person. Have you for, 
forgiven yourself for what's happened to you? Have you forgiven yourself for making the choices you made? Have you forgiven yourself for the outcome of your decisions? A lot of times I think we skip that part because we're so busy being upset and thinking, I got to go apologize. But how about apologizing to yourself? Maybe you write a letter to yourself and apologize for whatever it is that's happened, done, whatever the case might be, but you have to forgive yourself. So some of the tools and techniques that have been helpful in this area for myself has been to allow myself some grace. I tend to be really difficult on myself. It's just one of those things I've had to work on. Um, negative self-talk and all of that jazz was all part of my repertoire. So it took me a minute to reprogram and adjust that. So learning what it meant to have grace for yourself when you're a person who's beyond overachiever, OCD, all of those things was a little challenging for me. I still work on it every day. Allowing yourself to grieve situations, literally, and possibly people that you're trying to move past or forgive. Because sometimes we have to move past something just like we talked about for bless and release. And in a lot of cases, it's a grieving process. And even though you may have a person place or time in your life that, um, that didn't quote unquote, unquote die. Sometimes it does feel like the ending of something is like a death. So you need to be able to work through that grief cycle and allowing yourself the grace to do that. Being kind to yourself while that's happening really important. Exercising self-love. It's so easy to express love to others sometimes that I think oftentimes we forget about loving ourselves. Some of us are really good at it. For me, that was a challenge and I really had to work on that too. Um, practicing gratitude. Another really important skill, practicing gratitude allows you to think back on the good and not focus so much on the negative. And reminding yourself that forgiveness is a blessing and a gift for you. It allows you to release and let go of thoughts, feelings, and experiences that do not serve your greater good. So that's really, that's about forgiveness. We could go on with a whole episode probably on forgiveness. So seasons and lessons. Everyone who has a human experience will certainly experience life seasons and the lessons that are going to accompany those. So for this reason, we've all been placed on this earth to grow and experience and evolve. The evolution of your spirit is what the human experience is all about. Some may have more lessons than others and some may have tougher paths than others, but that was all by design. So for this reason, it's good to understand that there's different seasons, challenging ones, what the heck seasons, and remember that the individuals that enter your life all serve a purpose. So your experiences all serve a purpose as well, which means you're going to find that people may come and go and that's okay. And it's perfectly normal. Sometimes it's going to hurt. Other times it's really going to hurt. But the reality is life is meant to be experienced, not to have everything be the same all the time. So one thing that we all know is the constant is always going to be change. And knowing, understanding that change is inevitable will make the human experience more comprehensible. So for that reason, it's important to honor and cherish the times and space you go through as each one is designed to teach you lessons along your way. Some are going to enhance your experience. Others are going to be difficult. And as people come in your life and they go, it's important at the conclusion of that chapter to bless and release the individual or individuals so that you can move forward with a clean slate and express appreciation and gratitude for the time that was shared and spent. It's okay if everybody isn't at the beginning and the end of your journey. People are meant to come on your path and depart from your path. 
it's all part of the process. That's been one of the hardest lessons for me to conceptualize because if you're a person who's used to attaching to others, once that attachment disappears, it can be really painful and you have to really work through that. So that is a little bit about seasons, lessons, um, but it's all part of life. And then my last thought I'm going to leave you with is karma. There's a lot of content and information out there about karma. I'm not going to go deep into this, um, but the moral of the story when it comes to karma and self-care of your spirit is be aware of your ego and keep it in check. It really is a, a real thing. Don't ever get so important. You were never high enough up to be looking down on people. So being careful of that, being kind to others. We don't know what people are going through. They don't know what we're going through. So be kind to others. Don't treat people differently than you'd expect or you'd want to be treated. I should say want to be treated, not expect. Do all out of love, not hate. Really important to spread love really, really important. If you're doing things out of love, you have a clear conscience and you're connecting into the right space. You're doing things out of hate. You're on the wrong vibrational level and we need to work on that because that is definitely not going to be care for your spirit. Do all that you do with good intentions. Good intentions are really important. Do good deeds. Do not intentionally hurt others. We all will hurt others at some point in our lives, more than once, I'm sure. But if you're behaving in a way that things are intentional. Obviously we can't make everybody happy. We can't please others, but try not to intentionally go out to hurt other people. Do your part to evolve your human and your soul. If you're doing your part, that's what we're here for. You're having the human experience and help others when you're able, because we're all one. So even if you have people that are less than pleasant or less than, you know, uh, the, exciting experience to be around. That's okay. Not everybody's meant to be at the party. However, do your best to help others when you're able to, because we are all one. We're all connected. Just be kind at the end of the day. Just be kind. So in conclusion for this episode, my main message to you is no matter what form you pick, no matter what piece of information you take away from this episode today, I would just ask that you consider if you don't have a spiritual self-care routine already, that you develop one, that you carve out some time, that you prioritize it, that you make it important, that you connect it in with your mind and body self-care routines. Because again, at the end of the day, that is part of caring for your human. Your spirit is also part of that equation and we need to be conscious of it. We need to be respectful of it. And we need to be connected. That is the main message for you today in caring for your spirit. Thank you for listening to this episode. And until next time, stay she wise. This wraps up today's episode of Surviving the Human Experience with Kristen Aurelia, the show where all things human experience related come together and are explored. Join us on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. and 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Episodes will be archived on the Surviving the Human Experience Dream Vision 7 Radio Network website page and will also be accessible at shewisepublications.com. That's S-H-E-W-I-S-E publications.com. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. 
Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow.